Hey friends, thanks for tuning in to the Church Planner Podcast. Before we started today, wanted to tell you about a really special opportunity. Our friends at the Micro Church Conference put on by Brave Future, um, happening April 18th through the 20th in Kansas City. This is for all of you who are wondering what is a new kind of paradigm for missional church planting and church multiplication through smaller expressions of church, what they call rediscovering the smaller way. It's happening April 18th through the 20th. Kansas City is being hosted by Kansas City Underground. It's going to be a great weekend. And they've given us four free registrations to give away. Normally the price is $90, but we will get you into the conference for free. We have four of those. What you can do to enter is go on our Instagram at Church Planter Podcast. And there you'll find um, a, a DM button. Click that DM button. Send us a DM with your email on it and your name and where you serve. So email, name, where you serve, and you'll be entered to win one of four micro church conference registrations. You just get yourself to Kansas City and uh, you can be there and learn a ton from our friends at Brave Futures. Hope you enjoy the show today. The illustrious Jabba bids you welcome. <laughs> I'm going to regret this. I'm Pete Mitchell. He's Peyton Jones. And this is the Church Planner Podcast, brought to you by Church Planner Magazine. Hey, Church Planner, this is Pete Mitchell. And this is Peyton Jones. And I'm just going to come right out and say it. They put a door hinge on a red lightsaber, and I'm supposed to be, ooh, look, it's a door hinge on a lightsaber. Are you kidding me? It was awesome. Are you kidding me? Dude, it it wasn't even, you know what it was? It wasn't a door hinge. It was a door hinge. You know what it was like was when uh, that Darth Maul at least had a cool double-edged lightsaber. They put a door hinge on hers. Yeah, so what what they do with that is it's kind of like when that guy on Indiana Jones, he takes the coat hanger out, and you think he's got like some wicked nunchucks. It reminded me of that, actually. I don't remember that scene, actually. Really? When he comes into the tent and he's like, ha, Fraulein. He's all creepy, and the guy in all black, and he he grabs the medallion out of the fire, and it burns his hand. Remember when he walks into the tent? Well, I remember burning the hand. That was kind of an important scene, but no, I I don't remember. Well, he takes his jacket off. And he holds up this, uh, looks like nunchucks, and she has this kind of like frightened look. And then he like quick, like flicks his wrist and it turns into a coat hanger. And then he hang, the guy hangs his coat on it. It kind of reminded me of that. Yeah. I was like, okay, that's stupid. That's like really, really stupid. Welcome and to the Church Planner podcast. Where we talk about all things church planning and, and Star, Star Wars. Wars. And and obviously they're like on the Death Star. This is this is uh, Dagobah for Ray. That's what this scene is. This is just can't get enough of that Death Star. Uh, that's wow. that's basically what's going on. She's she's yeah, having absolutely. her own cave experience. Absolutely, that's exactly what I thought. Is she doesn't turn bad. This is her experience. It's like the Jedi trial. 
that Luke has in the cave. Right. And where he has to face his own dark side. And that's what this is. She has a vision. And I think what's happening. And, and her visions, apparently, she puts a door hinge on her lightsaber. Well, you know, it's it, once you get female Jedi, they have to accessorize. Pete, that's that's you must allow this. I guess. Hey, what what did you think of the uh, Mandalorian trailer? Oh, freaking rad, man! Gunslinger, Ronin, the whole uh, there's chaos after the fall of the Empire after Luke brings down the Emperor. So now everybody's going to be like, it's kind of like the Wild West. Everybody's like, is that when it takes place? Is it yeah. is it in between the uh, the two? Series? Yeah, it's after the fall of the Empire. Okay. So it's it's filling the immediately kind of the aftermath of Jedi, where it's like the Wild West now. Stormtroopers are gone. Everybody's gone. It's it's a free for all in the galaxy. It's going to be rad. That's the only thing that I might actually you know pay for Disney Plus because I I was like, what do I need another streaming service for, dude? But dude, that, eh, Obi One Kenobi, you and McGregor coming back, TV show Obi One. Right? Yeah, there. that could be. I'm cool. in. That could I'm be in. cool. Yeah, he tells a story of when he first gets to Tatooine. So now we're going to see Luke's backstory. We're going to watch Luke grow up, I think. Huh. That'll be From a distance. Yeah. From a distance, though. We'll see. We'll see how that goes. Yeah, so what would you think of the rest of the trailer? Uh, well, the rest of the trailer was pretty much the other movies. Yeah. I mean, I, you, you can see what... Disney's doing. Disney's going. Hey, oh, don't, don't be fans. mad at us. Don't be look. Yeah. Well, look, we're paying homage. Don't be mad at us, guys. Please yeah, yeah, come see this we're one. Not, we're not leaving the past behind, guys. We're not. Not at all. We're 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 telling the story. <laughs> we we know we screwed up, and no one's even coming to Star Wars Land, and 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 we're you know we spent all this money, and uh, please don't be mad. That's what Disney's doing right now. Disney's screw up was on epic proportions. Really? Uh, and their non apology. And their, yeah. ah, we can put anything out there and you guys will give us money. Yeah, because yeah, we're Disney and we got Star Wars and we're yeah. good. Yeah. So, so anywho, um, what's new with you? Uh, well, my car got broken into twice in one week. In front of your house or somewhere else? Yeah, right in front of my house, right in front of my See? ring camera. Which somehow doesn't pick up just past my fence, so you can see through the top part of my fence. Like it's, you know, it's just there for show, really. But the uh, yeah, the ring camera didn't pick it up. It happened right in front of my. Camera. Did they break your window or what they do? No. So what they did was the first night they have a one of these fobs that gets into Hondas. They got in, um, you know, total total tweakers. Like they're they're looking for just quick money, cash, whatever. Didn't get that. The next night, th- this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. The next night, they get in, and wh- what do you think they steal? You think they steal like the five hundred dollar lighting rig? So they they run my battery down because they don't, you know, if they slam the door, someone's dog's gonna bark. It's gonna alert a neighbor. So they never close the door. Right. It's like a little trick. You just leave it open, but it looks kind of closed. You just do like a soft, gentle, you push it almost flush, leave it there. So my dome lights are on. It runs my battery down the first night. So second night, I think I've locked it. I didn't, you know, not even thinking, right. Just came in off of a, a long day of filming, still had that light gear in there. I thought, you know, I'll lock it, but you know, you're also thinking they just hit me the night before. They're not going to hit me tonight. Right. 
Um, sure enough, I get hit again. And did, what did they take? Did they take anything valuable? They take a bag full of church planting books. So somewhere out there is a criminal <laughs> who is reading up to his elbows. He's not reading. He, I think he liked the bag. You're the I'm pretty only sure it was homeless. criminal that would steal a book and be like, oh, I'm going to read this. So this is no joke, right? Like I have anger issues. So I, I, I fought the urge to go bust kneecaps yesterday. Um, but I, I, I found all the, I know where all the homeless people hang out. So, um, I found all the homeless people. I went under the bridge. I went to the parks. I went to the train station. I went to all Are the you serious? Like, like you were that upset? Dude, like part of it is cause it's, it has to do with the, the textbook I'm working on and it, you know, it just kind of, it was really upsetting. And I told my wife, I said, you know, it's not, it's not the books. Like those are easily replaced. I mean, some were like autographed, like copies of uh, all my, all my church planning books are, they're usually autographed by like the guys that write them when they send them into the show, you know, from when we interview them or whatever. And <laughs> so Two of them, like one was from Bob Logan. He just had a book come out. I interviewed him and he had just sent me and Bob's a friend and kind of upset me. Like, so I, I went and found like, I was talking to this guy under the bridge, uh, the train bridge. And I was like, Hey, um, look, you know, my car got hit. Do you know who's hitting the cars on chink? Cause they know everything. And I'm like, guys like, no, no, man, I'm new. I'm just, I'm traveling, you know, yada, yada. I said, okay, look, man, when you, when you see the other guys, just tell them I'm looking for my books. You know, like he can have the bag. He can have my mag light he took from under the, he could, he could have all that stuff. I don't care, but I want those freaking books back. Like just, you know, have them go to the dumpster wherever it was. Cause I've looked all over. I've checked the dumpsters behind the Rite Aid and all the usual suspects, the AM, PM. I've looked in all those. I can't find it. <laughs> so I'm like, just have them drop them off at the end of Chinkapin. No questions asked. I just want my books back. We just asked him to do, do me that kindness because he took the bag and he could have just emptied it, but he took a bunch of textbooks I need. And uh, so luckily they did not get my $60 volume Schnabel, so, which you have no clue what that is. No. But that's like first century church planning on steroids. That's what that is. Yeah, so um, what about I know. You, man? Well, the thing is, I know how upsetting that is because I've had, uh, well, I, when I was in high school, I had a VW Bug, right? You know, classic high school car for us, our generation, though kids today, they think you're talking about these ugly VW Bugs. And I had a, a roof rack on it. And those were really hard to get because they, you know, they just, not many of them left. And someone came to my house, stole it off the car, stole my uh, my driver's side mirror, and I, I just was livid. Like two days in a row, they they hit my car. One day they took the mirror, the next day they took the roof rack. So I know how upsetting that is. And then when I had my Mustang and my wife and I lived in Bellflower, I still remember these little punk kids like um, stole the Mustang emblem off the back of my car. And it was just like, why? Why are you doing this? Like, there's like, there's not it's even violating. money in that. It's yeah, super violent. It really is, like, and it's. Oh my gosh, is it frustrating? It's like, are you yeah. kidding me? Like now I don't feel safe in my own home. Like my property. So why I drove are you doing around this? and I rode my bike around and I walked around for like three hours. No joke, dude. Because once the the guy like you know came and triple A guy came and got my battery back back online, he's like, you got to drive around for a while. 
So I did, but you know, all I did was just go stake out homeless people. You know, yeah. I, you know, and it wasn't like, hey, man, you know, I'm gonna. It, it was, it was. Hey, do you got my church planning books? <laughs> That's all I cared about, man. So yeah. it was weird, and I needed to sleep. I was all jacked up. You know, it does. It just puts you in a tailspin. And what what's funny, man, is like I'm preaching this Sunday on forgiveness. On, um, <laughs> On spiritual warfare. And oh, so okay. the day that we were filming... Um, it would have been better guys, if it was on forgiveness. I'm just going to throw that out there. So I'll talk about this a little bit later today, but I've got this training that I've built called Citywide. And wait, 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 wait. No. Tell them the full name. <laughs> Go That's on. That's a different training. That's a different Jump training. school citywide. No, it's not. Yes, it so is. I, I don't believe so, you. Well, this is a whole separate training, and this is a citywide, uh, interdenominational and uh, inner network uh, church planning cohort. So, um, basically, what you do is you, there's twelve people. They're all, anyways. I, I'll get into it later. But the the point is that you know I was filming for that, and when I got into my car that morning, and I saw that oh, my whole car. Like my car won't start. Um, I've been robbed. I was like, oh, okay. Um, I guess, I guess this is spiritual attack because of all days for me to, to have to, you know, I'm on my way to go film. Like I, you know, time is of the essence right now. And, um, you know, I still got there early. Everything worked out. Um, you know, borrowed my neighbor's truck, checked everything in there, but then to come home the next night. And to have that yesterday, I was doing through the word in Joshua, and that's all about warfare and this and that. And, you know, and it, dude, I did not, you know, if I were a Bible character, it, those were bad chapters in, in my life yesterday. Um, there, there was, there was, you know, sometimes you just go through trials and you're like, you know, I'm a lot more immature than I thought. Cause my first <laughs> thought was I just wanted to hurt everybody, you know, like you stole my church planning books. You know, like, I'm going to bust your kneecaps. Uh, I'm going to curb stomp your head. Like, those were all my thoughts. Like, I'm going to go find all these homeless people, and I will destroy them for still. Like, those are my initial thoughts and feelings. And you're like, you know, that that's just, like, I was talking to my brother. And I was just, I was talking to me. He goes, yeah, you know, you, you, you feel the guilt. And I go, you know, it's not so much guilt. It's more disappointment in 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 myself that there's a way to, you know, I'm looking through pictures of like us ministering in Long Beach and, and the homeless population is, is a big deal. Like we've helped people get off the streets and my brother's like, yeah, but you know what? Never forget you're human. That's, that's all it is. You know, that you're a Christian, you're this, but you're also human. And, 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 and it was just kind of funny because I, I, I'll, I'll be honest with you. So my brother's a, a self-proclaimed atheist and he, he's always says, these amazing things. And I, I tell him, I go, you give me the most godly counsel out of anyone I know. <laughs> Cause he's like, well, maybe God, he goes, you know, I don't believe any of this, but maybe God's teaching you, you know, <laughs> it's funny because I really wonder the internal dialogue for your brother. Like I know he claims to be an atheist now, but I also know at one point he claimed to be a Christian, right? Wasn't he even a youth pastor or something like that. I he mean, was in, and my brother knows the Bible. Forwards right. and backwards. I mean, he and, and he has it down. Obviously, I've never even met your brother, and all I've heard is from you. But I wonder if he's had that 
that serious conversation with himself where he's like, I realize that, you know, I just don't, I, I don't even know what the word is, but like I, on some level, I bet you, he believes there's a God like on some level. And it's just maybe, you know, his experience and all that stuff. He's very uncomfortable so, with that fact. So what he will say, and and I appreciate it, he's an honest atheist. And he's an atheist who um, he'll tell you Christianity is beautiful. And he says, I would never rob anyone of that. I, I don't. I don't believe that. Um, and he gets it. He gets it. It's not an intellectual. He says you have to have faith. At a certain point, there's oh, sure. that leap yep. that everyone makes. He goes, you can't reason anyone in. You can't reason anyone out. He says, you uh, you have faith or you don't. And so, uh, you know, it's funny because by biblical standards, he is always extremely accurate. And he's he's amazing to talk to. So, um, but yeah, he'll, he'll, he'll put that hat on and he'll give me counsel. And it's, it's almost like I've just talked to a, a, a ministry coach, mm. you know, because he, he under, he can, he can shift. First off, he's a genius. My brother's actually a genius. So he is one of the most amazing critical thinkers I've ever come across, but he can literally shift and put that hat on and get into that mode. And he's there. You know what I'm saying? And then he can easily switch into a totally different mode and give you the complete, like, humanistic uh, way of, you know, just easily. So, um, in fact, his wit's so fast, like, I can't keep up with him. You know, I watch him in debates. He's an amazing dude. Yeah. That's cool, man. Yeah. Yeah. I still still hope. We we always joke around about uh, if he gets converted, we'll take over the world. (laughs) Uh, the jones boys are here yeah so uh yeah that's cool so as you know we went back to star wars land yes let me hear about it come on the reason why i wanted to go back and this is just a week (laughs) after the first time is because uh i realized when i was looking at the map we missed half of star wars land well it was so funny because you sent me this text and it goes Apparently there is more, and you send me all these pictures, and I'm like, "Oh, that's hilarious!" There was a whole nother like we just didn't walk down this one road, and because we didn't walk down it, we missed the whole resistance side, mm-hmm. and so we went back and checked out the resistance side, which you know the resistance ride isn't isn't uh, running yet. There, I think that's January is when that's going to open. So but, it's open in Disney World, right? I have no idea. Well, I watch a I watched a commercial for it. It what is, is what insane. is the what is the ride? It's uh, Rise of the Resistance. What what are you doing? Like Smugglers Run, you're you're the Millennium Dude. Falcon. What are you in, in Rise of the Resistance? You're, you're in this like, you know, I don't know if it's like a land speed or what. It's it's not deserty. It's like you're literally in something like the Death Star, and so you're like in cargo bays and there's full on ats. Oh, nice, air. full scale, dude. And they're shooting at you as you're moving through. It's insane. And this droid's on your little, like, people move. are going, boop, 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 boop. He's, like, freaking out and stuff. And, you know, doors are going, and shutting behind you and cutting you off from that cargo bay. And then you're coming into another area where there's, like, a uh, Sith Lord. or uh, Dude, it's it's amazing. Does he have a, a hinge on his lightsaber? <laughs> uh, no. No, you will you will not get that. Yeah, so no, we went back because I wanted to see the rest of it, and uh, 
I, I definitely the decoration that they did. I mean, it's the kind of place where you just kind of walk around and look at everything. If you're if you're into Star Wars, I mean, essentially, it's a great place just to walk around and Which check we everything are. out. Well, yeah, I mean, to a degree, they've ruined it with the Last Jedi. So I'm still I'm still sore. I'm still sore on that whole. I, you know, the only way they bring that movie back is if the whole movie was a giant, like, we're just going to throw you for a loop. Then (laughs) it's genius. If it was literally just to throw us all off and confuse us, and then they bring it back, kind of like my theory, then I'm good. I don't don't think so. Oh, yeah. Well, I I think if they were, there's still stupid things in that movie that are never going to be right. Like that guy, DJ, don't join. The guy goes, you know, whatever the uh, uh, I, del, I think uh, Del Toro, the, uh, whatever his the, name is, he he was stupid. Hey, we freed the animals for like three minutes, and that's worth it. I don't care that all these oh, kids are enslaved. Stupid. We freed the animals, and that's what's really important that's what in matters. life. Yeah, yeah. That, I'm oh, sorry, but it's, it's it's so fitting though. If they the kill ideology. off Rose in the first five minutes of this new movie, then it's got a it's got a shot at redemption. If they don't, what, no, I, yeah, the only no, Rose has to go. Rose no, has because to go. they didn't kill Jar Jar. The only thing they can do is show Rose, Rose has to Jar go. Jar. Rose and Jar Jar are a couple now. If they do that, <laughs> then he really was it, a Sith Lord. <laughs> did, you, did you see that clip I showed you the other day of Actually, uh, Robot I don't know Chicken? That I watched it. I don't, I don't Dude, think you I did. You have to watch that. And then uh, you have to. Um, it's it's for those of you listening. It's how, uh, how what was the name of that one? Revenge of the Sith. How Revenge of the Sith should have ended. And at the end, like like Mace Windu, it's all these like claymation guys and Mace Windu's to the other Jedi's. Now look, we're going to confront the Emperor. He's the most powerful Sith Lord in the universe. So don't be like making slow lunges at him and let him kill you back with slow you know, don't don't rush him all at one time. We're gonna be methodical about this so he doesn't kill us with slow lightsaber lunges. You know, because remember, you're Jedi masters. You're like the the best Jedi fighters in, in the world has ever seen. And they're like, okay, okay. So, anyways, they go in there, and because uh, there's like five Jedi against you know Palpatine, they just kick his butt right away and kill him. And as soon as they do, Jar Jar comes out in these dark robes. Misa, the real Lord of the Sith, you know, and it's it's pretty funny. But the uh, the thing ends. The funniest part is Anakin and Obi Wan on that little slope, and Obi Wan's like, "I have the high ground," and Anakin goes, "Looks to me like you have the lava ground," and he keeps shooting lava up on the hill. And Obi-Wan's like, stop it. And he's like, he goes, lava ground, lava ground, lava ground. It's hilarious, dude. He's just shooting all this lava up on the hill. I think my favorite meme <laughs> is uh, Annie's about to go to school. And he's like, mom, I don't want to go to school today. And she's like, okay, you don't have to go. And then it cuts to the school and the teacher's like, today we're going to learn about the high ground. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that one was That's hilarious. So it's so good. But you know, when you watch these things, like how it should have ended, you're like, yeah, that kind of, it, it's like when they did the Lord of the Rings one and they're like, how it should have ended. And it shows uh, in the very beginning, you know, the Fellowship of the Ring where they, they hop on the back of the eagles. One of them just goes, hey, why don't we just fly over Mordor on these eagles? And he goes, done. And all of a sudden it shows the eagle fly over Mordor. Frodo reaches over, drops the ring and bloop, done. <laughs> <laughs> Oh, that would have the Lord of the Rings for you. That would have shortened that movie by a good three hours. It would have been perfect. No kidding, right? Yeah. 
Yeah. So, <laughs> so I mean, we did Star Wars Land. It was cool. It's a great place to to walk around and check out stuff. And uh, yeah. So, hey, you know, other big news in that. I mean, not so much my life, but uh, my buddy Wayne uh, gets out on Tuesday. What? Well, technically, he has to. <laughs> technically, they drive him to the airport in Oregon, right? He lands in in uh, John Wayne Airport at two uh, thirty on Tuesday, and he's got three hours to report to the halfway house. So he's got a wow. He, he's it's 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 totally a rig. See, back he meets all of the qualifications for home confinement, and back before. Um, Basically, what's happened is this guy sued the I don't know if it was the Bureau of Prisons or or who it was exactly, because basically what happened was um, before this lawsuit, if when you're on when you're on at a halfway house, you have to get a job. And when you have a job, 25 percent of your income goes directly to the halfway house to help subsidize all of your costs. Well, right. if you meet all of the requirements, you have a car, you have a job, you have a home you could go to, um, then they're supposed to have you on home confinement. And they were still getting the 25%. So the halfway houses, you had a job, like you'd be there two, three days, and they'd send you home because we're going to get our 25%. That's all we really care about. Let's get another you know person in here because then we get more money. So that was the game that they played. So when Wayne went in, he's like, hey, man, I'm really going to need a job when I get out because I might be able to be home like within days if I have a job. And um, so someone sued and said, why am I giving the halfway house 25 percent? I have to pay for all of my living expenses now. (laughs) And he won because the the court was like, you're right. This is this is junk. So now they won't let you leave the halfway house because they want the 25 percent. So a guy like him who's going to have a job, it's hard for him to leave. So now, technically, the worst case scenario, he'd have to stay in the halfway house until, I think, like the end of January. Wow. But realistically, he'll probably only have to stay there about two months. They'll feel like they've gotten enough money out of him, and then uh, they'll ship him off. it's, It's like, so I'm remodeling my house. And I don't know if it's like this everywhere, but in California, you got to pay the school district $3.79 per square foot that you're adding on. For some reason, that that money magically goes to the school Yeah, it's, in my it's neighborhood. called theft. Taxation is it, theft. It, it is theft. And I'm thinking, but I already pay taxes towards schools that I, have that to pay I don't every use. Year. Because my kids go to private school. I thought all that lottery money was supposed to pay for the schools. And, you know, now all of a sudden I find if I improve my house, the school gets a cut. The school that I don't use down the street gets a cut of that. Like a big cut. $4 a square foot? Are you kidding me? I know. That's a lot. No kidding, right? That's crazy, dude. So there's thousands of dollars. That I got to pay them. And you all thought you lived in a country that was free. Welcome to the Libertarian Express. Hey, Boston Tea Party, baby. (laughs) That's all I'm saying. Yeah, except what are we throwing in the harbor? I mean, I'm not throwing in my AR-15 and, uh, you know, I, I I don't know what else you're supposed to throw in. I don't know, man, but like no taxation without representation. I don't use the public school system. Should I really pay taxes on it? 
This is why our our founders actually made it illegal, unconstitutional to uh, tax people based on income. They're like, this is this is first of all, it's a violation of your uh, Fifth Amendment rights, and uh, and fourth for that matter. And yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. I tell you what, man. If we if we just had a straight tax, you would you would see a a very different um, type of political. Um, if we, machine. if you had to physically write the check every week to the government instead of it being taken out of your payroll, out of your yeah. your paycheck, there'd be a revolution in about three weeks. I'd give it twenty one yeah. days before people just said, "Oh, this is jacked up," and they went yeah. after our elected officials. Yeah, you know, there's uh, there's a lot to be said for this, man, big time. That's why well, I told you I want to start my own country on an island because I mean you know Sealand we already yeah out but that's not like I want that. a real country like I want you know some square you want to buy an island in the Bahamas I want to buy an island I don't care where it is but I want to buy an island that uh, that we can make our own country it will be are you a uh, king no no I'm gonna set up a uh, a republic um, that will have a first generation republic in which I am basically king. <laughs> For the, until I'm dead, <laughs> I was gonna say, and then after that, it passes to uh, you know, you know, tr- traditional republic. But one of my rules is gonna be everyone, every uh, uh, family must have a minimum of one rifle and one pistol because they are going to be our national defense. Like they, they wow. literally will be it. Interesting. And so you know, and, and there won't be any of this. Uh, <laughs> there'll be no gun laws. Let's just put it like that. <laughs> You want a rocket launcher? If you can afford it, you got a rocket launcher, baby. That's yours. Go for it. So I was in the Baptist Review. Um, someone mentioned, hey, what church planning books? And um, Church Zero, cha-ching, got a, an honorable Nice. Mention. That's and, really uh, cool for Church Zero. I mean, yeah, really, no, it is. Church Zero, dude. Church Zero is still selling. Like, it's I know, crazy. It's crazy. Church, we passed, you know, we passed our... Uh, our sale, you know, so like I'm in the black now, but <laughs> you're like, I'll uh, finally get a royalty check. <laughs> yeah. Except I never get royalty checks from cook. I don't know what's up with that, but you know, it, it's funny because, um, <laughs> I should call them, but you know, it's, it's funny because, uh, somebody said, Oh man, you totally got to listen to the church planner podcast. It's so encouraging. No one guy gets on there and goes, I laugh so hard when Pete rants about guns. <laughs> <laughs> really and i wrote i wrote pete does enjoy a good rant now and then oh dude that's so that's i'll so send you a screenshot dude <laughs> i think what was the best was the text that you and i got from cam barber do you remember that one? Oh yeah 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 you, oh, you should share that dude i gotta where's that text hold on i put it on facebook because I, I was dying when i read it he uh, said he had to pull over because he's laughing so hard is he, he he's in the back and he goes, Hey dad, what's this show about? And he goes, Oh, it's uh it's church planning, son. And he goes, Really? Because it sounds like two guys just messing around. <laughs> I know, so great. <laughs> I was trying to and I that. said, you know, your son is obviously going to be a pastor, not a church planner. <laughs> I don't know where it is. I can't find it. That's but always I put it our on. litmus test. If you don't like smack talk, you're a pastor. You're not a church planner. Go rethink your life. What, what are you listening to, Dad? Oh, I'm listening to the Church Planner podcast. It's all about church planning, and really, it sounds like two guys just messing around. And then he says, I had to pull over. I was laughing so hard. I'm like, yes, my ministry has finally come to fruition right here. 
I finally did what I always wanted to do. Well, speaking of screwing around, we better get into our topic. You, oh, yeah, uh, Doc, uh, hold on. The, uh, soundboard, soundboard, here we go. Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty. It worked. Did you hear it? No, I, I told you I don't oh, hear the soundboard anymore. That's great. I have to so just I'm, know. I have control. I could just sit there for a while and go. You know, I have power. You, the only thing that helps me is, is the the soundboard just does do a countdown. Like it tells me how many seconds until the sound clip has ended. And so in my head, I'm always like, "Great Scott, it's time for this week's topic. Let's get down to the nitty gritty." <laughs> <laughs> Oh, uh, so yeah, uh, today's topic uh, being brought to you by uh, MoGif. No. No, no, sorry, sorry. Uh, Being brought to you by The Last Jedi is uh, on New Breed, which for those of you who don't know what New Breed is, uh, neither do I. So, Peyton, I'm glad you're here. First of all, give us an overview. Well, first of all, Peyton, uh, actually, uh, tell us your story of how you came to faith, and then we'll get into New Breed. Um, I was blind, but now I see. I there was lost, go. and now I'm found. Amen. Preach. No, seriously. All right, so, uh, what, uh, what's tell, new breed? real quick, your your the the ten second version of your coming to faith, and then we'll get into new breed. Oh, really? Yeah, really. really? You want me? To, okay, so uh, this is how I we was, do our interviews. We have okay, that I question. got you. I got you. Pete, Pete is a meat and potatoes man. He's stick to the plan. You know, he's got a process. So I came to faith. Uh, I heard the gospel uh, from a student teacher who witnessed to me outside, outside of school, because I was getting suspended and getting ready to get expelled. And uh, he uh, and, and what grade were you in for me? I was 14 years old. Okay, I was in eighth grade, getting ready to go into ninth grade. It was the very end of the school year. I had like two months to go, and I wasn't going to make it. And uh, so he he just started praying for me, and um, he took me to Calvary Costa Mesa. Went there for a couple weeks. About two weeks later, um, I I prayed in the back of a '66 Mustang to come to faith. So I got saved in style, and uh, yeah, that was it. Nice, nice. Now your family, like, you used to tell me stories. They were into some weird stuff growing up, right? Yeah, you know it was funny. I was talking about my brother. That that's the thing that both of us. He'll say, "Hey, brother, I, I agree. That's stuff I can't explain." Like I said, very honest. But you know, we had things go bump in the night. So my 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 mom was a practitioner of white magic. Now she thought of herself as a Christian. She went to a very liberal universalistic church, so anything went. So it didn't matter what she brought to the table. But she, when I grew up, she would do seances. She would have uh, Native American shamans come into the room, and um, you know they would tell our fortune. And I, I remember this guy; uh, he he gave me this funny name that I was supposed to call him, and he would say, "Now remember, whenever you see a crow, you call out to me and use my spirit name, and I will hear you." And I remember just being a little kid, going like, "Wow, you know, like." wow, we're not in Kansas anymore. But the occult was something that we grew up with, we were comfortable with. And uh, my brother got a little bit deeper into it. My, my parents were into it before they split up. My grandfather was a Civil War author, best-selling author. <clears throat> he lived on the edge of the Manassas battlefield in Centerville, and his house was haunted. So uh, there was heavy poltergeist activity. I witnessed it multiple times as a kid. And, um, so when didn't you also came... say too at, at one point, like a, a week or two before you got saved, 
you something happened. I don't know if it was something you saw or just something you experienced, but you were like, "Oh, I'm going to hell." And like you, like you knew it was real. And yeah, yeah. So like I was sitting in English class, and this is months before I heard the gospel. But, oh, okay. Um, it was you know it was in the autumn, and I got saved in the spring. But I we read um, a little excerpt of Christopher Christopher Marlowe's Faustus. And it, he makes a deal with the devil, and then he goes to hell because he wants women and power and money. And um, and I remember just thinking, I want all those things. And it was a Holy Spirit conviction moment where it dawned on me, I'm going to hell because mm. I want everything this guy has. And he's doing the dark arts. I was never like into witchcraft or anything, but um, I, I started messing around with Ouija board, and I started reading. My dad had all these books on the occult, and I started reading. There's a book called Psychic Telekinesis. And it was all about communing with evil, yeah, not evil spirits, but I would now say they were evil. You know, then they would say like, when you see like mediums that are like, oh, you know, Derek is telling me, you know, or whatever, they're, they're Brian or whatever, you know, as to my my spirit, um, my my companion spirit is all that stuff. I was reading up on that. I was starting to get sucked into it. Um, so I, I knew there was a spiritual realm. And of course, my dad's house was also haunted because a lot of times it's not, it's not the house itself. It's, it's the people in it. And so my dad brought something with him, I would say, into, uh, his house. So I had, I had things that would, would go bump in the night and freak me out. So yeah. Wow. Crazy. Really, really crazy. So. And if you want to know the story from there up until here, just listen to the last 300 or so episodes of the Church Lantern podcast. <laughs> yeah. But you've got this network called New Breed. Give us a, a 30,000 foot view of what New Breed is, and then we'll start digging into some of the, the intricacies of it. Yeah, so New Breed is really, um, it's everything that you read about in any of the books that I've written, um, kind of more like a frontline um, training others to do what we did at Refuge Long Beach. And I would say if, if it were like a, you know, a, a one sentence summary, it would basically be a punk rock network because we're kind of like the bad news bears, right? We're not everybody's network, but we specialize in going to, to, to very dark places where, uh, you know, churches don't typically plant and we operate almost entirely by first century principles. So, um, that, that's always been my passion is rediscovering what Paul and the apostles did in the book of Acts. And that translates into our training. And so that's the kind of network that we run. Um, most of our guys, you know, I would say that they, they, they would fail, uh, most other networks, church planning assessments. Hmm. So, um, First of all, how, how many how many groups, pastors, whatever you want to call it, churches are part of the network right now? And and let's talk about like what does it look like to be a part of the network? And then we'll kind of backtrack and go over what does it take to to join the network and things like that. Yeah. So, <coughs> excuse me. <clears throat> we're um, we're basically we're small. I mean. We're growing right now at about one planner a week. Um, we're not the easiest network to join because I think we're the kind of network where if a guy comes and he goes, you know, I'm going to plan a big box uh, church and I'm going to be the new sexy church. And, you know, you, you could just see church planning's a vehicle for him to get a following. Those guys don't we we we, we interview. They don't make it past that. Hmm. And <clears throat> so, you know, we 
gosh, man, like when I first got here, I remember opening up like, hey, free network and like 50 people came running. Uh, we're not even 50 people now. So what what we typically uh, do, there's three areas that we focus on, and that's assessment, training and coaching. And, you know, typically uh, it used to be like 10 years ago that each network had a speciality. So like um, X29 was really good on um, assessment. That was their thing. Um, uh, maybe a, a network was good at funding. Uh, we don't fund. We don't fund any of our, our, our planners. That's We're not going to give them money. And so, uh, and that helps keep us honest. It helps keep our planners honest. So like our guys, um, you know, this, like uh, often when there's money being handed out, people come up, uh, oh yeah, I, I'm, I'm a Methodist or I'm a, you know, the Southern Baptist or I'm a, you name it. There's suddenly that. And they put that hat on because money's being given out. You know, you tell me what I got to be and I'll be that, you know, just give me the money. And so we, we've divorced, uh, you know, New Breed is not for um, funding you. New Breed is for assessing you, training you, and coaching you. And the kind of planners that we have are going into dark places. When we ask them, what is it that you need more than anything? It's the coaching portion. Mm. It's the portion where they're like, man, I just want to know I'm not alone. You know, I just want to know that there's planners like me out there who get me. Because maybe I'm in this denomination or in this network or I went through this in seminary and nobody got me. And, you know, I feel like I come in a new breed and everybody gets me. We're the same. And we're, there's like this brotherhood and sisterhood. And so it's like I said, it's assessment training and coaching. So how do you facilitate the the brotherhood, the sisterhood when you got planners all over the country and perhaps even the world? I don't know if you've got U.K., Canadian uh uh, Kenya yep. people, I have no idea. <clears throat> we have but. Canadians. We have, uh, we have, like, we have the best. Like, we primarily have apostolic type leaders, planters, but, um, and I think we always have. Um, even we started in the UK, because that's actually where we started. The guy who uh, runs 829 Wales is a guy named Di Hanke. Some of you will know him. Um, he and I started New Breed before 829 came over. And New Breed continued for a year after I moved back because, um, you know, uh, we just felt like, hey, there's we're a lot broader than A29. Um, we're solidly evangelical, but A29 is very reformed. I had guys that weren't reformed. And so eventually Dai was like, hey, I, I can't run Acts 29 Wales and New Breed. So we, we made a clean break. What was interesting was a lot of the guys that I raised up there, they continued within New Breed. And so right now in, um, in Wales, we're, we're ex still, we're, we're still adding people to New Breed, which is great. You know, that's super good for me. Um, but we've got, like, we've got a guy in Barcelona who, um, he, he, he started a co-working space. Like they're almost all businesses mission. Um, there's a guy that started a, I can't pronounce the name in Mexico, but he started a, a, a coffee house there. So almost all of our guys, in fact, I would say, I'm just trying to think, are any not bivocational? I think our brand new, I think two of our brand new guys are not bivocational. They're funded, um, which is a real, a real shift for us because almost everybody else, like Dave Thompson up in uh, Bend, right? Who's on his third church plant. Um, he, he's a chimney sweep and he could support himself 
you know, a couple times over. In fact, he's put some of his church planning partners on staff, but he's like, look, I'm a chimney sweep. So I want to be in people's houses nonstop. And so he works a few days a week doing that. And then he does churchy things the other day, um, other couple days. But I mean, they're, they're, a, they're a bunch of gospel commandos. Like I'm so proud of the quality, you know, I mean, some guys, you know, they look at, you know, how many, how many people are that like, they, they boast, we've planted, you know, 600 churches in the last 20 years or, you know, and I, I've been amazed, like how small the networks actually are. Like when, when they say, you know, we planted, like when I looked at some of the other networks, how big their membership was, it was actually a lot smaller than I thought. Cause I'd always be like, oh man, we're less than 50. We're, you know, we're, uh, we're, we're pretty small, but for me, it's, it's the quality of guys. I kind of want to be hundreds of people, you know, and, and then, you know, you kind of find out that, you know, a lot of what they're saying is three networks are putting their bumper sticker on the same planner. And it's not always, we've talked about church planning numbers before. They're always suspect. And, um, and, and they're saying, we planning this man. Well, you know, this network over here is claiming those same dudes as well, because they went to them for money and they went to you for this. And, you know, um, but for our guys, I mean, and we tell them you can be part of another network, but we don't boast in the numbers. We're not like, hey, we planted it. And I've had people tell me, you know, that's a problem with New Breed. You guys don't give that big vision. We're going to plant this many churches by that many years. And, and we say, well, our metric is different. Our metric is not how many churches can we plant. I mean, you know, Lord knows we don't need another network out there that's, you know, trying to put numbers on a map. We're trying to go to the areas of the map that nobody else is going to. Hence the tagline of our podcast. Yeah, exactly. And when you ask, like, how do we span all across America and South America? And I mean, you know, our international and our national, um, <laughs> you know, our, our I learned this from you. And it was when we started, like, we were never really good. We would have monthly Zoom calls and we'd have guys all over the different time zones and we'd bring them in. And it's like those uh, membership, you know, masterminds, you know, guys yeah. could ask whatever questions. And when, then we broke it up into regions and then the guys kind of missed each other. So what we did is we introduced uh, an app where it's the Voxer app. And our guys 24-7, and I learned this from Bible Inner Circle that you and I did together. Um, but I really, that that was your brainchild. And I was like, man, this is amazing. Because what we did, um, and, and I remember telling you at one stage, Pete, you know you just created a church planning network unwittingly, right? Like, that's what's just happened. You're like, oh, really? And I'm like, yeah, man, like, this is what a network ought to be doing. So when we did the Voxer app, that changed everything for New Breed. And granted, we got guys that they don't, they're like, oh, yeah, no, I'm a face to face guy. Voxer's not my thing. But there's other aspects of New Breed that they've joined for. For those who've never used Voxer, tell them what Voxer is. So Voxer is a walkie talkie app. And what it, what, what it basically means is you join a group and you can add people into this group. So for us, you know, all of our planners are in there, not all of them active, but I can at any time leave an audio voice recording. And so throughout the day, guys will be chiming in or people post pictures or they put text in there. It's like a group text, but it's also audio. It's super easy to use the audio. So like I'll get emails. I got a big long email this week and someone's like, hey, Peyton, how do I do this and that and that? It's easier for me than to sit down and write you an email. 24-7 coaching. This is our coaching aspect. What I do 
is I press the the Voxer app and I left him a beautiful bit of coaching on there. Um, and he can, he can respond. We can have a conversation. The whole group can hear it. So when I responded, I didn't know if he wanted his identity to be known. So I said, Hey, why don't you guys ask me this? And I gave it. And then he chimed in and said, Hey, Peyton, thanks, man. That was me. Boom, boom, boom. You know, Hey guys. And then every it's, it's group coaching. You know, the other guys can even, it's not always me. It's not like I'm the guru in there. Um, other guys in there, it's group coaching. They're mentoring one another. And sometimes they're just going, Oh, dude, that sucks, man. I know how that. Hey, you know what? I'm going to send you this link. Here's my guy used for this. Yada, yada, yada. Um, tell him I sent you. He'll take care of that for you. So when New Breed first started, we were sharing graphics. We were sharing mailers. We were sharing, you know, it was resources like, Hey, all you guys are Bivo. Let's, let's. So some of that still goes on. Um, but guys can do that. They can be like, Hey, let me send you this. I just drafted this up guys. Here you go. You know? Yeah. And, and we use that while we don't do the, the Bivo inner circle anymore. We still like, I still have the, the platinum group. And so the platinum was, uh, guys basically who were learning how to do what I do, be a consultant, things like that. And, um, guys are always in there talking right. and back and forth. And it really, for, for us, it creates that community where you got a guy like a David who's literally on the other side of the country from me and he can ask a question and somebody like Travis who's in Florida can respond or Aaron who's in, I don't even remember what state he's in now. I think he's in Ohio or something. I don't know. Right. I can't remember. I mean, he can chime in and, and Dan Sam's is in Ohio and obviously I'm out here in California and, and it, it does create that community when it's convenient for you, like that's the key thing for me. Is it is a key. I don't have to listen to everything that's going on when it happens. Like for me, I turn off the notifications. Like you can do that in the app, so that way I'm not getting dinged every time someone leaves a message in there. And then you know, once a day, I go in there, listen to it, and and respond to what needs to be responded yeah. to. And and it really makes it convenient to be part of that conversation with everyone. It really so. does. And I mean, in, in a network like New Breed that's, that's based on like the, the APEST or I call it the FIST model where you've got apostle prophetic to hear the, the shepherd's point of view on stuff, to hear the apostolic, to hear the prophetic, to hear the evangelist, to hear the teacher, to hear these different roles interacting. Cause all those guys are in there. Um, they're part of church planning teams. That to me is worth its weight in gold because some of these guys are out there and they, they may not have a shepherd on their team or they may not have a prophet. And these prophetic leaders are able to go in there. And I'm always telling the prophetic leaders, Hey, don't hold back because a, a prophetic leader will tend to be super polite and not, you know, they'll wait if, if they feel like, Hey, I'm the only like prophet in here or there's only a couple of us. They'll just kind of like let status quo. And I'm always encouraging them. Hey guys, let your, let your deal, let your deal be your deal. You know, like be fully you who God's called you to be. Don't, don't hold back in here. These guys need, because a prophetic's, uh, primary function is encouragement, Mm. you know, and sometimes they'll call up and say, Hey, I got this word, um, for you. So and so it's late on my, it's usually something highly scriptural. We don't have any loony, loony tunes in there. Um, and it's super encouraging, you know, so like, like Tyrone, um, who's in there, <clears throat> he, um, you know, he, he gave me a prophetic word, you know, about six, seven months, uh, before I departed from Nam, just saying, Hey, it's time. And you know, boom, boom, boom. And I'm like, I know, 
you know, um, I just, I'm not ready yet. I've got a few things and he goes, okay, but you know, he's challenging me, but you know, he just, when you got profits in your corner, it's, it's amazing. Right. That's cool. So that's really cool. So oh, the other thing so I would say, yeah. one other thing is um, also access to me. So um, as you can imagine with the books and with the podcasts and what have you and, and you know, over the years of training, um, I get a lot of people contacting me that, hey, Peyton, what about this? Just like this week, because I start a film project today, which is 52 episodes on church planners and money. Like wait, 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 wait. Jump school, the story no, of money. It's not jump school. <laughs> I'm going to give you some jump school, but you got to wait. Um, but but here's the thing: is you know I, I got two questions on that, so I say, hey, you know, look, um, uh, you know, email me, find, you know, lay it all out for me what you want. I'll either answer it on the podcast or what I've what I've had to tell people now is, look, I don't have time. Like I'm writing a textbook, I don't have time to. Um, you know, as, as things ramp up for me to, to do the one-on-one coaching. Cause I've, I've always just done that for people out of, you know, but I just now time-wise just don't have time for it. And I've always done it free. I'm not like, Hey, you got to pay to talk to me. But what I tell people now is, Hey, if you're looking for ongoing coaching or this or that, um, where I spend most of my time doing that is new breed. And so I'll literally drop what I have. If if someone, and I tell my guys, because they're always like, Peyton, we know you're busy. And I'm always like, no, guys, I'm here for you. If you're in my network, I will drop what I'm doing. And literally, I will, I will you know, I live to talk to these guys and coach them. So it's like, it's my favorite thing that I do. More, more than writing, more than preaching is helping these guys through their struggles. Um, and that for me, that's access. And they, they try not to abuse it, I guess. Like, I think they're a little too polite about it, but I'm always like, guys, just call me. Like you get access to me. I'm, I'm here. You're my posse. You're my, my band of brothers and sisters. Call me. And, uh, if you join, it's not just you, it's your entire leadership team and their spouses get access to the network. So it's a pretty good deal. Do you set up a separate Voxer group for the spouses? <laughs> no, we have not. You probably we just keep them all together. But it's you probably funny should, because because I bet you anything that would they would really enjoy that. I bet I bet you're right. You know what that's and you know what that costs to do nothing. That is true. I wonder if we do that. That's, that's the church planners e. magic number. See, I'm telling you, everything I learned, I learned from Pete Mitchell. Jump school. Oh, there's the money light. story continues. <laughs> So okay, so that's the that's the community side, the the access to you. Um, are there other resources that they get, training that they get? Yeah, so a couple things. Um, yes, we have training, and our training looks like this. A um, couple things. So if you join, here's all the benefits. Right, first off, you get assessment. Um, our assessment is totally different than anyone. We don't do online assessments. All assessments are done via interview. You, you fill you fill an application, but we interview. In that interview, we're looking for calling and character, right? We're looking for red flags. We're we're not expecting you to be fully formed. We just want to see a strong sense of your calling. Now, that's not calling to full time ministry. That's just you know, it, it, like some of my guys are not. They're not in full time ministry, but they're. Would you say they're church planners? Heck yeah. You know, are they, are they missional? Are they out there? Are they Bible? You know, yes. And so I got a guy who's a barber, um, a guy named Dustin. He 
is a barber. They sit in his barber chair. He becomes like father confessor. And, you know, he meets him in the cigar lounge, leads him to Jesus and funnels him into his church. Would you say that, you know, and, and w- would you say that Dustin is because he hasn't planted a church? Um, I'd give my left arm for that dude on my team. Right. So we, we'll tell guys, look, you don't have to be actively church planning, but you, you can be doing what Paul did, which is what Dustin's doing. And um, what he'll do right now is he'll funnel them into the church that he attends. But he came to us for training. So he, here's what it looks like. The assessment is calling in character. That's phase one. Once you've been in the network and you've gone through some of the training, then we assess your missional engagement. And thirdly, our final assessment is are you ready to train others um, you know, for us? So hopefully you're always training others. Hopefully you're always discipling. But we literally, we, we want to bump you up to a trainer level. And so our training is, here it comes. Um, our first one is our core team training. And I, I reserve the name Jump School for that because uh, the very first training that I ever designed was for core teams. And we later stole that name and took it over to, um, you know, our, our planner training, which, you know, Pete makes fun of me for, but, um, but jump school core team training, it was getting your, your, your jump team ready, your core team. And so we've got that, um, that drops actually in September. Um, then the other one is our citywide network. And you just get this, like you don't, you don't, uh, you don't pay the regular fee. Now there is a membership for new breed and that, you know, you, you end up making out like a bandit after you pay our membership fee. It's not much, but you don't pay for any of the training, you know, like the rest of the world does. If you're in the network, it's free. Also, you'll get, um, you know, like I said, like if I start a coaching group, um, or something like that, you get that free. You get all that free. It's just included in the price of membership. Um, the other thing is we do quarterly zoom calls. So, uh, right now our next one schedules with Ralph Moore. Um, we'll talk to him about discipleship. Um, we'll, we'll talk to, to Brad Briscoe about bivocational. We're hoping to get Hugh Halter as Bivo's mission. I mean, uh, uh, business's mission, you know, just different guys like that, that, you know, are a part of the network that, um, you know, or sorry, a part of my network of people. They're not part of a new breed, but, um, a part of my network that I'm able to call on and say, Hey, could you come talk to us about this? We're hoping to land Francis. I, I don't know if we'll land that one, but I think we can. Well, you could always just keep keep showing the one webinar we did with Francis Chan. Just <laughs> leave that one over and over again. There you go. It's been a few years. No one will remember that. No one will remember. So what that we look so much younger and I actually had red in my goatee. No one will remember. I know, man. When when I hosted that thing uh, in March at Exponential, man, I, I did not look like the first time we hosted him. Oh, really? Yeah, that's funny. Oh, gosh. Yeah. I won't even, I can't brag with those pictures. They're not good. We've reached that stage in our life where we just look old now, which is, I don't know. Yeah. It's disturbing. Yeah. So um, anyway, tell me, okay, what does it take to apply to be in Newbreed? Yeah, so you just go to newbreednetwork.org and you hop on there. Um, you fill out the application. That's going to give you your own it's super streamlined, going to give you your own application, a spousal application, and a pastoral reference. I want a leader who knows you and has worked with you to kind of back you. So, um, so those three apps will come through to us. Our team will look at it. 
and you'll get a you'll get a team interview. Um, we will uh, want to talk to you, and we like to interview you with your spouse. That's our our, our preferred way of doing it. We want to see if there's any red flags there, and then uh, after that, it's it's a yay or nay. You're either ushered into the network, or you're we suggest a network to you that we think might fit you better. So, what does it cost? So it's a hundred dollars a month. What? Yeah, hundred dollars a month per and, person. Uh, you get you get all that. Yeah, per person, per, per team. No, per team. <laughs> I liked my way better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's so five of you, you. Yeah, that's five hundred a month. Oh, there's ten of you. Great, that's a thousand a month. My yeah, way's better. No, uh, for us, it doesn't matter. I'm, I'm going to try and I'm going to try and impart some of my wisdom on you again. <laughs> Yes, yeah, so obviously you. Oh, have you're married. Failed. Oh, you've got three wives. Great, four hundred a month. Well, and and it's funny, man, because it it really is an amazing um, deal to 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 join you, Braid. It, it, you're getting far more than you're giving for sure. That's awesome. That's cool. It, it was hard for me to even charge, if you remember, like way back. Oh, I'm dude, like, I oh, so remember. Yeah, you you have uh, you have the typical missionary complex, which is. I'm used to living on little money, therefore I feel awkward in asking people for money, and uh, I don't I don't share that affliction, <laughs> as we all know. <laughs> yeah, you know when I when I ended up going to uh, some of these other trainings and I saw some of my new breed guys there and they're paying and I'm like, what? <laughs> I, what? 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 That, I think, that was I a think one of my favorite stories is. Uh, when we first released the the Platinum Bivo Inner Circle, the the teaching people how to become business coaches, um, at the time it was five thousand. Now it's actually uh, more than that, but it was five thousand. And I don't know. I think we put like five or eight people in the the very first group that we took through. And your wife's like, "That's it. From now on, Picus is decide how much you're charging." <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, and it's not to say that that it won't go up. One day, I mean, it, it probably will, Pete. But you know, for the guys in now, they, they'll. I mean, I'll just grandfather them in. That's what I did when it went up to hundred. Oh, grandfathered yeah. the other guys in. It's like, hey, you joined back when it was this, and you know, probably realistically, it will go up, especially these other trainings. Because um, because one of the other things is once you get certified to be a trainer for citywide, you actually get to start making money you know, training and, and launching it where you're at. So um, that's kind of the cool, you know, but we want to look after our planners. A lot sure. of them are Bivo and we want to help them make a living as well. So, sure. so well, let's go ahead and tell everyone again where they go to apply. If this is a network that they're interested in joining because they, they want that support. Yeah, so it's newbreednetwork.org. Again, it's all things um, related to first century style church planner training. And uh, have assessment coaching, newbreednetwork.org. And while guys are um, in Newbreed, and let's say they've started their church plant, if they need help with their uh, payroll, their workers' comp, their IRS compliance, what do you tell them to do? Well, that's a funny thing that you asked that. Um, when when they're doing all of that, we send them over to simplifychurch.com. Wait, wait, wait. What was that? Simplifychurch.com. Simplifychurch.com? That's right. You can go on over there, talk to Josh Henry. He is your chief simplifier, and tell him that Peyton and Pete sent you. I think they should rename it 
simplifyjumpschoolchurch.com. Yeah, you know what? And I don't know if they still do this or not, but they used to actually give the new breed guys a rad discount. Oh, did they? I brought, yeah, they used to. I used to, because I told them, I said, hey, I'll, I'll turn you on the whole network if you give them this, like, you know, boom, boom, boom. I'll, I'll push, push you guys out to them. Well, guys, thanks for joining us today. This has been Peyton Jones and Pete Mitchell reminding you, if you want to reach the ones nobody's reaching, you need to go where nobody's going and do what nobody's doing. I'm sorry, Mr. Paul Mitchell. I've dialed the wrong number. I'm trying to reach a granddaughter. Bye-bye. She never did reach that granddaughter. Thanks for joining us for another weekly episode of the Church Planner Podcast with Pete Mitchell and Peyton Jones. We'd love to hear your comments on this episode of the Church Planner Podcast. Visit us online and let us know what you thought at churchplannerpodcast.com. If you subscribe to us via iTunes and have enjoyed the podcast, leave us a positive review. The more positive reviews we receive in iTunes, the more iTunes will promote us to other church planners who would benefit from this show. This podcast is brought to you by the Church Planner Magazine, which is available in the iTunes newsstand or online via churchplannermagazine.com. Music